So this next episode is actually a two-part series. We have somebody who comes with a wealth of experience, uh, Delna Avari. She's worked across multiple roles in the Tata Group. She's been the global CMO at Tata Motors. Um, she currently consults and advises some of the largest businesses in the country. And she also has a practice which she calls Business 360, which is looking after companies which do uh, growth and which do scaling. So it's, it's a fascinating two episodes because in the first episode, what you get is you get to get inside the mind of an individual who is working in the highest levels of corporate India and really working on aspects of sales, working on aspects of product development, working on aspects of supply. And you're going to really, really enjoy that episode if you, if you like the intricacies of business. And the second episode is an interesting one because that one talks a little bit more about taking a business from zero to one. Um, so this first episode is what we're going to go into next. Uh, it's, it's, it's what you will enjoy the large corporate India based episode. So I really hope you like this one. It's a, it's a treat. It's I think one of the, one of the best ones that we've shot so far. Okay. Awesome. Delna, thank you so much for being a part of this, uh, podcast and, uh, it's, it's, it's actually great to be able to sit down with somebody like you and speak with somebody like you because you, you are, uh, you know, there's, you know, as we know, there's two parts to this. There's mm. one part of the podcast, which we're going to talk about for the viewers. We're going to talk about one part of it, which is to do with your consulting practice That's right. on the yeah. large businesses. Right. And then there's business 360, yeah, which is for, latest entrant. <laughs> yeah, which is your latest entrant for uh, mm. uh, businesses who are at the, early stage hmm. and looking to really grow quickly with scale. Yeah, that's um, right. So this first episode, we'll focus a bit more on your consulting practice, you know, sure. and, and uh, I mean, the first thing that I remember okay. with respect to like a really, you know, like when, when we uh, hear you sometimes with customers, <laughs> you're like, I've, I'm the person who sold LCVs <laughs> in, you know, the, the remotest parts of India. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, for that time when you were hmm. doing that, there weren't too many people like you, right? Uh, not too many women also like you? There were not too many women. There are, too ba there are enough people who have done it and, and do that as well. But I'm always been a true believer that, you know, at the start of your career, you do the hard work, you do the grunge work, you go down to the field, right? Hmm. And I mean, a lot of people just, they look at the end state, they look at the, your result, they look at you as a leader. Yeah. They forget the journey that actually makes you a good leader, right? right? And for me, uh, because I always had these plans and I used to plan my life and a roadmap for my career, I was very clear earlier on that to have sales experience. Hmm. And I used to always say that if I do it myself, the, when I'm at the top, I'll know exactly where to look for the real answers. Yeah. And that has actually held me in good stead. So you're right. It's uh, very often, even today, people look at me as I am. And so when I'm with client sites or I'm, I'm talking to the territory sales manager, they'll start giving me a kahani. Hmm. And then I'll, and I have to then plug in and say that, you know what, kahani mando because I could uh, truck bechi hai Haryana mein ya UP mein and, and it's true that it might not have been a phenomenally long stint but that mm. one and a half years where I was yeah. actually selling trucks on ground yeah. that's what actually makes you who you are Got it. and that's that's what actually is uh, the base of my consulting practice in a lot of ways so can you talk a bit more about your consulting practice you know and the kind mm. of work that you're doing right now because uh, you know I think within the services ecosystem right there is uh, there is companies who can do the creative work and there's mm. companies who can do the digital work and companies mm. who can do uh, you know BTL events there's mm. very few 
hmm. like you hmm. who actually go under the skin and are able hmm. to bring you know the efficiency within the sales systems right uh you know break it open rehire that's right uh, reorganize link so, it then back with marketing so i'd love to understand no, a bit so more about typically, that typically actually if you honestly look at it on the consulting practice side it's it it is like any other business transformation and scaling consulting practice hmm. in terms of the way it's structured right hmm. the chain the difference comes in the kind of solutioning that we do simply because uh, a lot of it is a reflection of the work that i have done so right. because i have done in 18 months taken from 3% market share to 37% market share or when i went into and did a transformation from a, a turnaround perspective of a three markets that i've been making losses for 14 years you do a transformation and you are ebitda positive in 15 months you are pack positive in another 21 months wow. that's the kind of stuff that one did when one was young right and so and of course market entry so you go into a foreign country and you do a turnaround of one market you do an entry into another market you do 40% localization in that market you set up manufacturing you set up distribution so a lot of that the experience of all that is what led to the consulting practice hmm. and the difference comes in is because i have done it myself i know exactly what the levers are and the solutioning is not always very fancy so a lot of my clients get surprised because i won't give them any fancy powerpoints i will give them straight excel sheets i'll tell them the data i'll give them and over a period of time the chaps who are used to working with me love that about me because it's just saying this is the outcome we want outcome mm. delivered you get your uh, result i get my variable pay and i'm out and that's mm. the other thing right so in a lot of accelerations we put our skin in the game we said okay we will we will take the risk along with you Hmm. Uh so in that sense that's the kind of work we do so we do market entries we do turnarounds of international markets we do uh you know indian market turnarounds sales sales transformations brand transformation brand transformation all of that got it and you know like typically with your consulting practice you know sometimes the you know actually maybe before i go to the customer what's your typical customer like on the consulting practice so as it always happens uh, it's difficult to uh, name them simply because of the confidentiality sure. but of course there'll be tara companies there'll be the mahindra companies there'll be those who have allowed me to take their names are there um and there are at least uh, three listed companies the typical range will be anything from um 3000 crore to about uh, 10000 that kind of a range hmm. uh, where they have pockets of problems right right so it's not they don't have a problem they're doing well they're listed companies they're doing really well they're typically legacy companies as well so because of my uh, years of experience of being in that side of the business manufacturing companies or industrial companies they come in as well so hmm. uh, you know it's 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 interesting that most of them will have pockets of problems will have a pocket in the sense that some international market is not doing well or some domestic market one market is not doing well or metros are not doing well Got it. and with that becomes a landing point because you kind of come in with that one problem and then of course as you start solving for it you start unraveling many other things that you can do with a company got it uh, and that's how it kind of evolves understood so like if uh, if yeah i mean so you're saying two things it's 3000 to 10000 crore size of company with pockets of problems and that's yeah. very critical yeah. because otherwise yeah. and that's that's one way to build trust right because mm. then you're solving from pocket 1 and then you're going to pocket 2 yeah. yeah and then uh, typically how does this uh, you know how does the process really unfold because you're mm. you know you you've taken out a pocket mm. um and you know so you'll have so maybe, it's a simple thing it's it's a simple it's amazing because i actually in uh, i asked 
so the business 360 side of it where I do work with scaling, right? One of the things I always train people in is how do you do land and expand, hmm. right? So how do you land a customer? And then once you've landed a customer, how do you expand your services? And right. that's typically what happens any which way even in these kind of things, right? So if somebody says, okay, come and solve for uh, the metro of Bombay. Okay, we'll solve for the metro of Bombay. Now when you've started seeing results, you say, hey, you know what? We have problems in other metros. So you start hmm. doing those as well, right? right? So the, the growth tends to happen in that Way because you've kind of solved one and while you're solving you also figure out many other things so typically because of my previous experience and being well known in the industry so I might not be well known outside but in the industry right and in the listed space and those people many of them because people move around at the senior levels they know me Got so it. they know my experience of doing sales transformation so invariably we start with sales transformation but then it'll go into new product development it'll go into supply chain it'll go into turnaround of your entire processes Got right it. so the landing point might be brand or might be sales because mm. i'm quite known for that but typically once you start working and because of having done that uh, myself you start giving suggestions and then you kind of before you know it you're running a supply chain project and you're running a new product project and then you're also doing mm. the sales transformation and so actually there's a lot of uh, food to go into now with you know more questions here <laughs> oh, because okay. because you, you know we started with the pockets of problems yeah. and then you're saying there's sales transformation so for the hmm. you know for the benefit of the listeners hmm. you know what typical sales transformation would be done like what are typical sales problems in a large company hmm. that you would go in and fix like there might be three or four templates of problems hmm. right hmm. Uh, I think the first normal one is that uh, you will have some really high market share overall and you're feeling really happy. And then invariably the promoter is sitting out there and thinking, but you know what, in this critical market I'm 4%. Or will be there somewhere else where I've been doing really well and suddenly a new chap has come in and is now beating you down, right? Hmm. And you're losing, losing, losing. Hmm. So invariably it starts with that. Got it. A straight thing saying, you know what, I need to either defend my market share or gain market share. Got it. So those are the typical sales things and those go into sales acceleration projects. So you do it. your deep dives, you'll go into full analysis, you'll put down what are called as drivers of results and enabling environments. So there'll be enablers to help you do that and that's a typical sales transformation. Right. So what are these drivers? What are some of these drivers typically drivers in a market? Is typically anything that will lead to the sales outcome. So if you're saying my sales ambition is X, CR, you know, cross, I will then say that, okay, what are the things that I need to do, the levers that I need to activate to help you get that, which have a direct outcome. So it can be your sales, it'll be a salesperson, sales processes, the kind of talent you have, the kind of incentive structures you have, the way you are managing your channel, your channel incentives, hmm. your channel structuring itself, hmm. right? Enablers, on the other hand, are things that are outside the sales ecosystem which are helping this, right? right? So it can be your supply chain, it'll be your quality, it'll be your product, it'll be your product range, it'll be some quality improvements, it'll be... Even a review comes into an enabler. So very mm. often reviews are very poor, right? So the process or something like a sales and uh, operations planning, a production planning process. Right. All of those things. So now today, because I've been doing this for donkey's years. My life started actually with sales acceleration quite by accident where no one thought that we were going to be able to turn it around 20 years back. That did that. So today I actually have my very clear approach, formats and structure. Hmm. And anyone who tries to deviate from that gets the worst in, out from me because I very clearly know that you've messed this process, we won't get the outcome. Got right? it. Um, and so that's the kind of stuff. And those are the bulk of projects that come in. Got it. But sometimes people will come directly and tell you that, look, I have a problem with my sales team. 
I want to be here. My sales team is not designed for where I'm going. Hmm. So my I'm at point X. I want to go to five X. I want to go to ten X. And my team is not able to think beyond that X incremental. Hmm. And so exponential thinking, and you might be doing something as a company that's taking you to that next level, is not existing in my team. So right. it actually becomes an entire sales organization project then. Understood. Right? And that is a very different behavior than an acceleration, which is all about sales and numbers, numbers, numbers. This becomes about people. A hmm. lot more complicated to do. Um, but very is it also a, long, a longer term project? Those invariably are. Because an acceleration is about putting your foot on the pedal, right? Yeah. So I don't let people start accelerating till we put the basic basics in place. And then you just go the six months. basics means those drivers and Drivers, those enablers. enablers, implementation. There'll be some which will be longer term. So we start the work on that and say that I don't take it, factor it into my acceleration. I say, do this, you will need it. You know, six months later, you'll see the impact. Got it. And then you just accelerate. So you hit the number. Now, once you've hit the number, the logic is that if you were a point here, with all that effort, you go here. If I stop putting a lot of that disproportionate effort also, you will drop a little. Hmm. You will never drop back down. Right. If you've done the thing correctly, because we hmm. put in a lot of structural stuff, right? Got it. Uh, so that's how it works. So it's people side or, or it's yeah. efficiency. Now just diving a bit more on this drivers and enablers, you know, because hmm. it's so critical to the acceleration hmm. side. Uh, one thing I'm assuming, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is the acceleration will most typically happen when there's a headroom for acceleration. Always. A very valid point. Yeah, absolutely. So, hmm. You know, then to identify these drivers or these hmm. enablers, hmm. you know, you spoke about the drivers being hmm. uh, the factors that will... Automatically, yeah, result to the Which, which yeah. will result this, uh, mm -hmm. you know, this change. Hmm. So, um, sometimes when a market is doing badly, hmm. you know, there will always be that sense of defense of the people who are managing oh, the market. Oh yeah, always, um, no doubt. Yeah. So, you know, how do you cut through some of that? I know you got a very powerful personality and that's what you're known for. <laughs> but, you know, like... Yeah, but that can put people off as well, right? So it doesn't always work. Once they get to know me, it works. Yeah. No, but otherwise, I mean, like, personality aside, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of it which is happening here. Here, yeah, uh, yeah. And they so, can't see the end state. See, that's the other thing. That's an interesting point you raised, right? Because people don't know where they're going. They also don't believe in it, hmm. right? So half the time, the management won't believe it. There'll be enough naysayers inside the system will who don't believe it. The people on the ground will say, Are one more person and we have to endure this. So let's just endure her, right? Hmm. Uh, till they actually reach that level of uh, being grilled. But yeah. sorry, what was your exact Yeah, so my, so my point is that, you know, like within those drivers and enablers, mm -hmm. there will be, uh, for mm. lack of a better word, there'll be a little bit of rust. Yeah. Around yeah, it. Yeah. And there will be this defense mechanism around it Correct. saying that we've been doing this for so many years. This hmm. is how it's been. Hmm, hmm. So, and you've got basically, if I'm not mistaken, you're working with a promoter, you've got 30 days to prove yourself. Yeah. You know, you, oh, those are the worst. you've come in there and you, you are, you know, you're trying to cut hmm. through and you're trying to get to the bottom of, because at the end of the day, you have to commit a number saying, I'm going to accelerate the market share from 4% to 11% or 15% or 18%. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. you're going to put your neck out on the line to be able to say that. Yeah. So, you know, how do you cut through a lot of that stuff to be able to come at that number saying that, you know, I'm going to commit this number and mm. these are the real problems. These are not real problems. I know mm. some of, a lot of it is experience. You're right. Uh, but if I had to really, you know, like no, ask you to just... honestly, because it's a very humbling experience for me as well, right? So when I left the corporate world, I left at the top and I left on my own terms. So obviously my previous group was one of my biggest supporters and, you know, encouragement mm. and all of that, right? 
but then I realized that's the that's a small set of people who know me, right? And so it was very humbling because every time you went out, you had to go back to scratch, right? right. So even uh, when I'm introduced to a new person, they will say, "Oh, great credibility, but can she really do it?" Hmm. Right? And that's where you're right. In those 30 days, you've got to kind of uh, really, really stretch. Also, a very long time ago, I moved away from this concept of Ali billing, right? Because you are hiring me for my expertise. So I get very annoyed when people say, uh, how much time for your R? And I'm like, that's a dumb question, right? Hmm. And I've actually had a situation now where there are clients who've realized that uh, if they'd actually paid me by R, they'd be in trouble because the amount of time I put in on their project is phenomenal mm. when I'm gaining the trust, mm. right? Once the trust is gained, it's mm. then a lot of people are comfortable kind of trusting that if you say you're going to deliver, you're going to deliver and you're sticking your neck out, so they'll stick their neck out with you, mm. right? Uh, but there is no shortcut to that and there is nothing that uh, in my experience allows me to do it better than somebody else. I still have to go through that same process, that right. same process of in that short finite time, giving certain results, giving more than I honestly can build them, you know, things so, uh, like what that. I'm trying to ask is that within those drivers, you mm. know, what are the things you're looking for? Uh, See, okay, that's an, so that's a totally different question here, right? So for instance, uh, you get asked me what happens in expansion. Hmm. Expansion, what starts happening is if I've shown phenomenal results in a weak market with all these drivers and enablers, the next time the expansion happens, next set of company, uh, cities, they expect the same behavior. Hmm. But the true acceleration happens when you don't assume, you start from basics in ground zero again. Hmm. So each of those drivers are drivers. There's an ambition, there's a process, there's a team, there's an evaluation, there is uh, a lever on uh, key account management, depending on the kind of business, whether B2C, B2, uh, you know, channel. So these are things which are there. This is called the framework. Hmm. But the data within the framework changes. Hmm. And you like, right, you like you rightly ask, there are certain markets that don't accelerate. Hmm. So the things I'm looking for in them are what is it that I, where is my headroom through efficiency, where is my headroom through appointment? Where is my headroom through, uh, you know, small minor changes which can actually give the result to the organization? And then where are structural problems? Hmm. And the minute you hit a structural problem, right, you know that acceleration is not going to happen. Then you've got to have the intellectual honesty, which I do have, to tell a client that it's not going to happen. Hmm. And that if you want to increase in market share, you're going to have to buy it. Hmm. Right? And so that is what you're looking for. What do you mean by for. market share? When you say buy market share means, see a lot of this is not buying, this is hard on ground tuning. work. Yeah. No, it's not even tuning, right? You've got to appoint retailers as an example. You've got to appoint retailers and you've got to do daily visits. You, A person who used to go once in a way suddenly has to do some 10 visits in a day and has to take order yeah. and is grilled on why this counter hasn't given an order. You know, it's per counter productivity and stuff like that. That is actual ground work, right? right? Those are drivers that are going to lead to an acceleration. Right. What, you're, what happens sometimes is I'm already at a good point. Right. If I want to get to the next level, it's not just about doing it better. Got it. You might actually have to spend money. Hmm. Phenomenal amounts. You might have to do random advertising. You might have to give bigger discounts. You might have to give bigger trade schemes. Hmm. Right? And that is a problem. Because that is suddenly those markets are going to behave very differently from a market where you're doing this on ground work, which Understood. is your team's capability. There Understood. you've got to actually as, a, as an organization start paying, people, uh, paying it off, right? And buying also, one is that, where discounts or schemes or disproportionately higher uh, money into the market for gaining. But the other side is 
product development. Very often the increase is going to come from product de development. So it's not going to happen easily. You're going to actually, actually spend for it. Yeah. You know, so there's a structural change that's required. Right. Or you've got to introduce a few SKUs. So yeah, some of your SKUs might be missing. So you've got to actually introduce uh, So there's SKUs. a capex involved. There is a capex involved. So that's why it's called buy. So when I Understood. say that, you know, so some places you'll have to buy either through your own investment or through cost control. So again, a cost control project or the through uh, market schemes and stuff like Got that. It. The increment won't come by processes and people and on-ground work. So to simplify this, acceleration is in its sense in, in itself a true acceleration. Yeah, where yeah, the people yeah. who are in the market, they're just like, you know, you gave yeah. the example of appointing more retailers, yeah. you know, like uh, increasing the, yeah. uh, you know, all of those things that you spoke yeah, about. We do it in a micro market. That's the other thing, right? So I do micro market acceleration. You are in this field. You know virality, right? Hmm. Everyone, I used to get really annoyed when I was a CMO where used to people come and say viral video banao. Hmm. What is a viral video, right? You make a video and it goes viral. It's that same thing. The concept of virality comes about when you have a certain threshold that you've hit in a finite place, right? Hmm. If you've hit a certain threshold in a finite place, it then takes off. Got it. If the stuff is good, right? Got it. Presumption is that stuff has to be good. The same thing applies even in a market. Hmm. You actually get to a point of threshold and after that, if your stuff is good, you've done the hard work, it'll take off. Understood. Right? So most companies don't do that. Once you become really large, and that's why legacy companies are my uh, customers a lot, right? Companies that have been around for 40 to 60 years, they have got used to doing things a certain way. Right. And you've got to make the elephant dance, right? So it's, it's a little tougher there, but this is where you actually need to do it because people have got used to doing it in a certain way. You've got to unlock the value. Understood. And sometimes you do it in a small geography, you get it going, so hmm. you get it to a point, then you pick the next geography, get it to a point, get got going. It. Okay, now moving from sales to, you know, this mm. uh, product development or, mm. you know, innovation that you spoke about. Yeah. Uh, so you said that sometimes it invariably start off, mm. the consulting practice starts off with sales. Landing, yeah. And then you're going into other Various aspects. aspects as so well. uh, maybe you can talk to us a little bit about some of those other aspects in the work that you do there. So I'm very clear there are areas that, so initially I was quite happy taking on projects as they were, but today the demand is way more than I can uh, supply, right? Because the quality has to stay at the level. I'm very committed in giving uh, the outcome that I put my neck. It's my name, right? So hmm. my consulting practice goes as Del Navari and Consultants LNP. So it's at Del Navari is the starting point. So I make sure that I'm able to deliver that outcome, hmm. right? Um, and so here, more and more, if it is hardcore product, I have a nice panel of experts. I bring them in. Um, if it's on manufacturing, I have people who come in. I have, if it's on supply chain, I have people who come in. Invariably, people who I bring in are people who are like me. Most of them actually have a little more experience than me also in terms of number of years, right? Uh, I mean, because I have found that I need to have a senior consultant who drives that project just mm. the way I drive, right? Um, and so in innovation and product development, I have a person that I bring in. Got in it. terms of uh, customer care, I have a person that I bring in. Base customer experience practice, I will do myself, right? Mm. But if something becomes very technical, why do I do that? Because the technical side needs and management of the internal technical team. And I think I did enough of that in my previous avatar in the corporate world. I refuse to do that anymore. Mm. Uh, I think the outcome of uh, a lot of my work is on the road and people enjoy it today. They don't know what I went through to get those products out yeah. so today I'm very very happy to let uh, my colleagues run it Got but it. that's how it typically happens I have a panel of very experienced people who do it so I understand that there could be you know mm. other experts along with you who do it so I have two questions related to that Interesting. but before I you know I want to just uh, maybe just the way you gave an example of 
depth into acceleration mm. where you said that you know you know all the things that you mm. said about acceleration mm. where mm. you said that you will break it into micro markets that sure. you know this idea of virality that comes in that you will Correct. be uh, you know you hit a tipping point and you then hit a tipping you, point yeah. you will actually be accelerating because Correct. you are taking the same sales team improving process and then you ah, know hitting it's not always the same sales team uh. i do hire a lot so yeah sorry but yeah also. i mean you're looking fire, higher yeah. fire you're changing yeah, yeah. Higher composition of sales team within gently. that same market and then you're you know more retailer appointments and you know yeah, things like that sure. so within product development you know could you touch upon a little bit so of product like stuff that you do typically what happens is that when you um, there are a couple of things that happen let's look at it two ways one the thing that happens is that market is shifting and you've not moved fast enough hmm. that happens again in legacy companies right where you know that it's changing but the pace of change is not something you have even acknowledged or accepted or uh, you know are ready for right mm. so that's one kind where it's a new product introduction so we help people think through what those products are mm. so there is market research that's done and when i say market research depending on b2c b2b the kind of research will change whether channel is involved not involved key accounts are involved not involved uh, on ground customer so we do all of that so there is a research angle that goes into the entire thing then we uh, figure out what is it that is currently moving where do we expect the market to move when do we expect the market to move and you start building out a business plan around the new product introduction mm. and you have product introduction gates so in npr you have a gate process right so you've got to pass each gate to actually uh, you know uh, get to that final commitment right simultaneously one of the other important things that we also do in this is very often obsolescence is not looked at so while you are looking at introduction you're not doing enough to understand what's happening with my um, uh, skews that are not moving right so that is another aspect that we do so we start looking at what do you need to actually op- make obsolete what do you need to actually uh, get to a point of a con- so even something as simple as um, i think these are concepts that are so basic but i'm surprised that they don't get followed something called continuous replenishment process right your continuous replenishment has to happen of your a and b and even now you don't have that structured very often in organizations i'm amazed that it doesn't happen and that's why you keep running out of your fast moving products you start mo- and that's people say oh demand is very difficult to forecast look keep the pandemic out okay pandemic affected everyone so we are not looking at this event that was really awful and really shook up everyone but i'm saying in normal business pre pandemic also i used to notice that people don't take care of these things right hmm. so you have a, a, a replacement cycle you have an obsolescence like this uh, kind of a thing that you put in place as, as a it. process right so all of this starts coming into product development so product development is not only just the introduction that you're doing but also what are you doing with your existing range Understood. how are you managing your fast you know how are you managing your first fill so hmm. things like that start coming in so it's right? a lot of interesting words and like i think there's a lot of sorry i apologize of, no it's it's really <laughs> thick because you know for people who don't don't follow don't the have that or don't yeah, know that it's yeah. like a good uh, you know i guess this i apologize this, if it was no, a little it's too not, much it's not actually it's to. it's a I, lot I, of like people yeah, can just i avoid using it and then just yeah. run with it you know because yeah, they listen yeah. to this much and you you can actually like per minute the number of uh, important yeah, that, concepts yeah, that you've introduced cons- yeah i apologize for that i didn't mean to but yeah but uh, yeah, you got so me I, terribly excited on that topic because no. this is a very very this is something that's very close to my heart right hmm. um i myself have done it in my previous avatar in the corporate i do that right now as well where i literally look at a product as a um, 
So I do have a small investment banking background as well. So that's it. So I tend to look at the product portfolio also like, okay, you know, what is making money? What is not making money? How are we going to make money? And the money not at a very superficial level that people yeah. look at, right? You go into the depth and you look at the platform itself, right? So you have to understand end to end as a, as a, uh, a longer term vision rather than a minute. Yeah. Right, a lot of people just look at a point in time, and so the the joy that I have is in actually doing this. Right, I wrote on electric vehicles in 2010. So, mm. and I said till 2020, nothing will happen in India. Mm. It came true. Mm. So, you know, so it's that you predict. Yeah, that's yeah. the joy. And uh, you know, just so while you shared a lot, and that's amazing that you shared so much on sales acceleration, supply chain, uh, product on development, product development. I want to go third onto supply chain because okay. I'm being a little greedy with that, you know, so maybe like, you know, just the way you've kind of given this crash course on uh, product development. If See, supply chain is not as complicated as people make it out to be, uh, right? Uh, because it's, it's uh, if you remove the, and I'll try to not use jargons and, and just make it very simple. There are certain things that you've got to kind of keep an eye on. What happens is very often when we look at supply chain, we we get caught into the way it has been done in legacy, right? Mm. And that's the reason why you have a lot of startups who've come and disrupted the entire space because they are not a victim of that legacy. They are willing to look at things new, right? And so I always say that starting point is the customer. Starting point is the customer expectation. And when I in everything, right? So whether I'm doing branding or marketing or sales or supply chain, everything, start with that customer at the heart of it, right? Hmm. So from a supply chain perspective also, what matters to that customer, right? And if and again, remember who is the customer? So if the customer is your retailer, the behavior changes. If a, a customer is a large key account, like it can be a big uh, name that you're supplying to, then that that is a different behavior. If it's the final customer who's buying from a counter, right? That person's behavior is very different as mm. well, right? So you've got to think from their point of view what matters. Now, invariably, it'll be a few things only. It'll be your first fill rate. It will be the turnaround time. How much do you fill? If you if out of 100, how much are you giving me, right? That's my first fill. If, how much time are you giving it to me? If I order today, when do you deliver, right? Again, what is the important thing? Credit, right? The whole credit cycle, right? Mm. So if I am, you are, how much credit are you extending me? And how much credit am I extending forward if I'm extending credit forward? If I'm not extending credit forward, then that doesn't matter. Then it's about me handling my cash turns. Mm. So those are the bits that start off, right? And then comes the, your side of it. So here is my customer side of it and then my reality. Mm. And then when you understand the two and then you start marrying the two, that's when you'll find the best solutions. So typically people don't do that. Mm. They do what is comfortable to me. Got it. Right? I am keep, I'm comfortable doing this. This is my process. This is how I sell. This is what I will do. Right? Hmm. You lagao. You lagao truck or you... And because I came from the commercial vehicles background originally, we spent a lot of time actually finding very smart solutions for customers to say, how do you do it better? Last mile delivery to the hub. So hub and then spoke. Hmm. So those aspects is, is, is what I would say in supply chain we start solving for. We try to say, okay, each of your customers, first of all, it's not one type of customer. Each of them have different expectations. And virtually hmm. all companies will have all three. Right. Right. Because you will have big accounts. Even you will have that. Right. Even in a in a uh, in a company like yours, which nobody would expect, you actually have these key accounts, and you actually have the smaller accounts, and then you have the long tail. And each of them have different uh, expectations. And for you, the profitability will shift. 
right? If you don't manage your logistics costs correctly, and in your case, logistics costs will be the people delivery, right? But everyone has that. Yeah. So the principles, the terminology are the same. So we start helping people solution out that. Amazing. And yeah, I don't know whether that. Yeah, works. I know that's a, that's a good that's a great uh, crash course in actually three aspects. So I think it's mm. a lot of information for people on the podcast. Sorry, I <laughs> no, it's it's great. I mean, there's there's like I, I think people really enjoy this one. And uh, you know, before we round up mm. now, mm. I, you know, I like as I'm speaking with you, mm. and I'm just trying to draw the parallel. You know, we have a world today where there's all of these. Hmm. big influencers and big names and you know hmm. here's like I've, you know your name you're known in the marketplace as somebody who's understated Very. somebody who's really like you know done Hated. the job i think that uh, uh, you know the a lot of people listening might just want to understand a bit more about what is behind the person hmm. you know so maybe if i can just to end with hmm. take you a little bit back to your start okay and you know Tell us a little bit about how this, you know, how this whole thing started for you. Oh, that's interesting. Um, um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's annoying when I mention this, but I actually think of my life in decades. So I was nine when I said, okay, I will join TAS, which is a Tata Group Cardo. And I wanted to do that because I said, I don't want to work in one company. I have a lot of stretch in my brain and I want to do that. So through my teens, I was in all of that. I was, you were working through your teens? No, in my teens, I was I was doing crazy things like going and attending AGMs. At 21, I went for an investor meet of Tata Steel. So can you imagine wow. at 21? How did that happen? <laughs> I was with Dresner Klein with Benson, so they were they were equities research. So I said, can I go for this investor meet because I really want to join this group? And they said, okay, go. They thought mm. it'd be a good laugh because any which way I'd been the first uh, woman on their uh, trading floor, and they thought it'd be a good laugh to send me there. It was. It was very awkward because it was a room full of really old people. And uh, from my perspective, I was 21 then. And uh, so it's always been like that, right? So it's a lot of planning in life. So I, even when I looked at my time at the, the Tara Group, it was always about doing uh, international postings, doing entries. I would never say no to tough assignments. And I was thrown in some really, really awful assignments in that sense. And that kind of shapes you, right? Because I did transformations, I did scalings, I did launches, I did, uh, you know, setup of distribution. I did that across... Uh, Hmm. You, uh, Europe, I did that across ASEAN. So for eight years, I lived outside. I've done the UP Haryana. I told you I came back and uh, went back again to the ground. So a lot of it is my own uh, work. And you're right. I've never uh, desired the spotlight or the credit. And if I ever got pushed in, it was something that I did very reluctantly. Hmm. Um, and even now, I spend about three minutes on Instagram. It annoys people, except for the lives where now I've, the time has gone up. But my entire life, I wouldn't spend more than that. I'm very disciplined on what I do. Hmm. Um, but so it's that. And then I went off to and I, I went off to. Carnage. So can you tell us a little bit of this very disciplined in what I do? Because that's a, that's where a lot of people f fail, you know. So it's because I always want. Means I know you'll not you'll not like flaunt it, but you know maybe <laughs> yeah, you can just tell us a bit about it. Because it makes you sound annoying, you know. It's like as as someone as some of my friends would say, you please keep quiet, otherwise we won't slap you because you're just so annoying. Right? You're just too much. But it's that I try to I try to extract the maximum out of my life. So even now I'm running two extreme businesses, right? Mm. And uh, um, so it's about. Trust me, I've been an athlete, so I used to run. I was at a, at a state national level. I used to train for four, four and a half hours when I was through school and this thing. I, of course, you wouldn't believe that now, but <laughs> I was so disciplined then as well. What I'm trying to say is whatever you're doing, be focused, be mindful, hmm. right? If you want to do something, do it well. My three minutes on Instagram are very, very productive. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's very important, right? It's about 
And it's not that I'm saying that it's all boring. I, hmm. I will, it's, it's so amazing. The other day someone told me that uh, this whole Korean drama thing has come back. So I watched the impact of Hallyu in, in Thailand. I also saw all these young kids. So I said, okay, what is happening in India? And very efficiently, I spent an entire weekend watching that, right? So it looks, it sounds very silly, hmm. but it's that. It, everything is led by an outcome, hmm. right? And the outcome is something that even fun is an outcome, right? I want to be happy. I want to enjoy. I want to do yoga. Or I want to pray or whatever I want to do, right? It's being in that moment, doing it well for a finite time and not getting carried away. Hmm. And I think a lot of the discipline, lack of discipline comes is because you, I say I'm going to do it for half an hour and then it stretches to an hour and then before you know it, it's two hours. And that's not me. Every minute is accounted for. Every slot is taken. That's why I actually enjoy my time with you, Harshal, because you're one of the few people who's as bad <laughs> as I am on this, I have to say. You're always someone who's on time. You're always someone who's finite. And that shows in your results, because today you, at this young age, have built what you've built, right? A lot of people want what you have, but they're not willing to make the sacrifices that you have. They're looking at your end goal, mm -hmm. end state, right? Um, so yeah, that's what it is. It's about staying on course. Good classic. You've moved the spotlight at the end of this anyway. So, <laughs> anyway, that. <laughs> so that was good. Uh, but thank you so much for this. <laughs> and, you know, this this uh, really quick crash course into how thank large you. businesses work. Thank, thank you. Thank you. I hope that works.